Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. What's in a name? Oh, what's in a name? For if I called a rose by something else, would it smell not just as sweet? If you guessed that that was a line from Macbeth, you would be wrong. But if you guessed that that was a line from Romeo and Juliet, I believe you would be correct. I don't know if that's the first place that you heard that. But that is Juliet lamenting about the name of something being ultimately meaningless. Now, I think it's interesting. I'm going to talk about naming your house today. I we try I've mentioned this multiple times and we've been doing a lot more projects now and been emphasizing more about naming your project and the where the location or impetus for everybody's thought for how they want to name their home is such an interesting thing to me. So I started just thinking about naming in general and how we could explore that for you so that when you think of naming your project now, just like a movie has a working title, maybe it changes at the end, but it is an evolutionary name that gets you along the way in the process. And it'd be neat to see how you transform throughout the process. And if you keep the same name, if you already knew what you wanted, or if you discover something, both are totally fine and they're great. But I started thinking about something. So there's a a prank that I would play on my wife. And a lot of the time we get water when we go out and I like soda water and Laritza used to not like it at all. So I would go get a cup and I'd put regular water in it for her and soda water for me. Well, I'm pretty sure you can see where this is going. One time she, you know, left the table for a minute and I switched the cup. And when uh, she drank it, she just like totally spit it out. And then I just thought it was like the funniest thing. Well, now she likes it. But the funny thing was, I think it was so severe because she was telling herself that it was going to be something else. She looked at it and identified it and so prepared herself for a different interaction. Now she loves soda water. But I also think, you know, like sometimes I've seen a fast food cup, right? Like she'll go out to eat and I'll be like, oh, there's Sprite. And I'll take a sip of it and it's water. And for some reason... It just tastes so bad. But normally, just regular water, I like it. And I do have a little secret that I, for some reason, I really like fast food ice water. So it's like your brain is expecting something else. And so that lets me know there's a story that we're telling ourselves about the things that we see based on what we expect it to be. So while the word is not necessarily important, I think the what the words mean to us do and those can affect things. And it's it's just crazy that, you know, Juliet was totally correct, but the naming of things does carry meaning to us and can have a big difference. I mean, it's crazy. If you think about back in ancient times, people would name people literally like what something meant. And we, we still do it, but I mean, they were like coming up with them back then. So like Ichabod, means God has abandoned us. And I believe there was someone and, you know, the story is maybe she died or something bad happened when the baby was born. And so she literally named the kid like God has abandoned us. I mean, think about that. And there's just like 
people can name people things for positive things. People will name their kid Jesus because they want to revere something like that, that they want to project that positive thing. Someone who was giving of themselves, someone who loved other people down to their very last breath was something they wanted to impart to their child, possibly. It can also be something where it's like every family member of my dad's side is all named John for like as far back as we can find all the way back to like Norway. And even on my mom's side of the family, one person has followed suit with that as well. And all these things, they carry forth meaning for, it's almost for us, right? Like you named your kid Jesus, but that's because you want to believe that for them. Some like if you are, that's a part of your life that you're you're imparting or bestowing upon it. So that's your present life that you're imbuing. And I think that's something that's, that's powerful is when you're working on the house, putting your yourself into it and being present with that. So I feel like the willingness to to do that is putting yourself, it can be a form of being present with your project to say, I'm going to put myself into this thing and make it personal. It's not just, here's this house, this cool thing. You're saying, what's something about me that is driving what is the impetus for this that I can share? Now, everyone else makes their own judgment and own opinion about everything, but it's ultimately what you're doing. You're the one who's, who's creating it. Last week, the episode was about you and how important you are to the process. So this is kind of a an extension of that thought, but I, I really wanted to get into it because I've had a, a few really names recently. I'm going to go over a couple of famous houses, like Falling Water, for instance. Frank Lloyd Wright named this house in uh, Pennsylvania, or I don't know, maybe his client named it, but there was a, a waterfall on the property. And obviously, there's different ways that you can treat a waterfall. I think, and I agree, my initial feeling would be like, I want to have a view of this beautiful waterfall. Let's go across from it, right? He actually put the house so that it was like smack dab integrated with the waterfall. And he called the house Falling Water. Now, I thought that was <laughs> like, he if he put it across from the waterfall, maybe he could have called it like Vista Falls or something like that. But he literally just called the house Falling Water. And the design of the house is cascading. And I think that Choosing to do that drives the project in a more specific direction that can yield some really exciting results and increase, the, I think, the personal connection that you have with this phase of your life. There's another house in Japan. I believe the family, when I read about it, the family named it Lucky Drops. And the reason why is, and I think I have mentioned this one before, that lot was three meters wide. And I think it went all the way down to three feet wide at the very front or one meter, like 1.2 meters or something. Instead of thinking this city's so full, it's so crowded, I don't want to be here or we can't find anything. They found this small lot of land and they called it Lucky Drops. They saw themselves as extremely fortunate to be able to find this house. And they came up with something totally unique. There was no room to put general windows in the house because of how narrow it was. And so the house is made of acrylic panels that the whole, makes the whole house glow. And by will, being willing to go through with something and name it Lucky Drops, it's a small drop, but they're fortunate to have it. 
it yielded an amazing result for them, something they're connected to. Now, I want to contrast that. I'm not judging this because I'm very fond of this, but I think I'm going to say the name wrong, but Georgia Matta Clark did an art project called Odd Lots. And I believe the focus of the art project was to purchase all these really crazy lots. Like in New York City, this I guess it would be like two people bought property, but they abandoned like a one-foot strip between them with like a three-by-three three box at the end. And so there was all these crazy lots. And I think it's funny because I don't think they ever built anything on them. The goal was just get these weird properties because they're weird to make a statement about them being weird. And I wonder if they had maybe thought about it as lucky or fortunate that you could get this stuff for so cheap. Maybe it would have driven it to building something else. But anyway, I'm very fond of that project. I love the drawings and the idea behind savoring these spaces. Even if, even if they didn't build a house, it's still a, a cool idea. Another one is in Korea, there's an architect named Moon Hoon. I don't know if that's the studio name or the person's name who, who owns it, but I really enjoyed looking at their work because they're very much in, they make like these comic pages, hand-drawn comic pages to go with their projects. But Moon Hoon did a project in Korea called, it's and actually I don't know if it's Korea because it was like something like Teju Island, and I think I just assumed that. But I've looked at it for years because they basically have this volcanic rock that is related to the island, is very low-lying, but it's a very windy island. So the house literally has this windsock-looking shape on the top of it. It kind of dominates the whole thing. It's like very low to the ground, and then out from it comes this giant windsock-looking thing. And I've never seen anything like it. But for the person who did the project, those there's these elements of this island that are now formed into this structure, the volcanic rock and the and the microclimate. And it's something that's totally unique. The space of the windsock is inside is a very, very cozy and interesting space. It's like a bedroom, hangout room type thing. And I, I'm just so fascinated that they were able to abstract all the way back to just like, man, I've never felt a breeze like this. And, you know, I would hope that the windsock part of the house was oriented with the prevailing breeze on the island to make a little bit of sense get some cross ventilation in there when they open up the the windows and then very low grounded volcanic rock so they managed to work together you know the, the architect and the owner of this house to create something from the idea of where they were at with the things that they were appreciating about the earth about where they're at and so you could see these little things, if, if we're very quick to just say, I want this style house, I want a modern house. If we're like, we're in this part of the country, I just want to do this vernacular. We want to find the, the, the piece that like this room, this bedroom, this hangout room is in the wind. It's above all of the other places. It's not, it's not a spire that's sticking up. It's just above so that it can catch the breeze. And I, I just think that's something I want you to consider as well. I was talking with one of my clients today and they told me the name of their project. The name that they picked came from this song that came from an artist who, for them, is kind of like a musical version of their life journey or the way that they've seen life. And they have really enjoyed that. And so they want to put that into the house. So I think that was really cool because I think one of the 
easiest things to do, and even I would want to do this, is be like Carling House, right? That's fine. I, lo- I like the idea. Carling House sounds cool to me, like my last name. There's a castle in Ireland that's like in Carlingford named Castle John. And I, I just like love thinking about how how all that occurred and my family and stuff in England moved out from that house across the, the globe and uh, from Norway, etc. So when you're thinking of it, it can come from anywhere. So here's some exercises that you can think of. When you're thinking of your project, are there any things that, that come to mind? There's one house right now that they want a a secret passage through a bookshelf. Now, that's something that's become a little more common, but it's going to lead up to this rooftop deck. And so we've been exploring ideas about how to name this experience. What is the thing that they're really going for? And they have some things that are distinctly about their character, distinctly about wanting to be in a tree canopy and their love for reading and their love for knowledge and wanting that to be a main thing that they want to move through in their house. So they're thinking through things about their life, the love of knowledge, the love of um, the tree canopy, being in nature, being up in the canopy, not just seeing the tree. So for you, what are those experiences or what are those things in life that are important to you? The next thing you can do is when you think of those things, is there an architectural thing? Like she thought love of knowledge. I want to have the books be the prominent thing that goes into the private part of my house. That's who I am entering into knowledge. So when you think of that architecturally, can you see it in, in physical form? Now, it doesn't have to be. It's not like I always wonder Franklin Wright did this office building that has a pair of binoculars that's vertical. And I love it because you don't I don't know if it was like a, a company that made Carl Zeiss lenses or something that went in the binoculars, but it is kind of when you're up on it, if you've been there, it doesn't like feel like you're there. It just feels like this abstract form. So I really appreciate the way they did it. But when you're back away from it, it's definitely binoculars. But I'm not saying, you know, you need to do like the twisty treat building, which I actually love that stuff so much. But what does that mean for you. So it may manifest itself in a a physical form or a physical feeling, or it might just tell you something about what you want to do in in the house when you're thinking about what would you want to call it? When you talk about your home, what do you want people to think of? Like, okay, come by Baha'i Betty, come by Haywood, come by the line house. Like, what does that say to you? It's up to anybody else for their interpretation. But when you connect yourself in that way and you love it so much, you name it almost like a child because that's really what it is. I mean, it's like you're working on this thing and it's about it's more than nine months. Usually it's more like 11 or 12 months of construction on a, a typical house in the in the U.S. anyway. How can you draw that out? So I want to help you. I want you to go from just making a custom home, making your dream. Right. That's the thing. everybody Make your vision reality. Make your dream come true. We want to actually make it be those things as well, but we want to use it to be present in the moment with this part of your life to allow this thing to unfold and be who you are and what you want to plan to be. I love uh, in Psalms where it it says, and I, I mentioned this a lot, that we plan things, but the outcome belongs to God. Now, wherever you are, whatever you believe, like that statement is is so interesting because no matter what we do in life, like 
we do something, the outcome is always out of our hand. The outcome for us can be that we tried, we put forth our best effort, we designed this way, we ordered this material, but the ultimate outcome and what it is, is most oftentimes somewhat different and we can perceive it as better, we can perceive it as worse or we can perceive it as acceptable, but it's up to us to take those things and roll with them and put them out into the world and see what comes back. I like the idea of, um, I don't really know what this means, but cast your bread upon the waters and many after many days it will come back to you. Like a lot of people use that to mean like give away, give of your time and it, this, you know, it's all going to come back to you. You're going to have everything you need. And I, I definitely think it means that, but I also like to think about it as like put your thing out there, put the name, your project and put it out there into the world and keep working on it. And then things are going to come back to you, right? You ask somebody something at this, at the city, you're going to get a response, talk to an architect, you're going to get something back. And you keep doing that after time, you'll be in the house, you'll be raising your kids there, working on your business, you're going to be maybe taking care of somebody else there, like foster children, or maybe you're going to be cultivating a garden, and whatever is meaningful to you, there's no higher or lower, lower thing. It's just being who, who you are in that space. And I'm really interested to think, I'd love to hear initially when you think of a home, what name do you think you would want to call it? And I want you to save that now because maybe you put no thought into it. Maybe you've put a ton of it into it. But when your house is done, I'd be interested to know what the name of your house is. Thank you so much. We want you to go from just being at an address to being at your named place, the place with your marker for the sake of it, for the joy of it, for the love of it. I'm J.D. Carling, your architect. Thank you for joining us. Last week, we talked about you and the importance of you on this journey. This week, we talked about naming it. It's kind of like naming a piece of you, right? When you name your child, you named a piece that's come from, from you, from a man and a woman that has made this child. Now, when you've made this house, whoever you are, what group of people or single person, all the people that are going into the project, what is this thing that's being born? What are we going to name it? We don't just want to <laughs> name it. Like the address is almost like DNA, right? There's some addresses that stand out as really cool, like One Park Place. People think that's cool. But I mean, like, I think it's cool to name it. And it's when the when the baby's born, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for people to think of a name or all nine months they're thinking of it. So that's one task you can do is while you're in this period of of growth and planning is naming it. We'll see you next week. Next week is going to be a, kind of like a third part. It's like you naming it and then the cornerstone. We're going to talk all about the cornerstones that go into a custom home. Or in, we, we do them. I know some other people that do things like it. But it's a powerful thing on your custom home journey to discuss. Uh, my name is JD Carling once again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want discussed or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.